Welcome to episode six of the LorraineCounty.com Business Insights Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Skimmon, and today we're talking with Phil Truax, founder of Truax Law Group. Join us as Phil talks about the importance of understanding legal complexities in today's business landscape. He emphasizes the significance of robust contracts and updated employee policies, especially in the post-pandemic work-from-home era. Phil also shares his journey that led to founding Truax Law Group. I first met Phil a couple years ago when we were both working with the Lorain County Chamber of Commerce to help put together the 501c3 nonprofit organization that has now become one Lorain County. I later learned that we live just a few blocks from each other in the same development. During summer, we occasionally run into each other with our kids at the neighborhood swimming pool. Here is my conversation with Phil Truax. In today's business landscape, understanding legal complexities is essential. From business formation and structure, to employee policies and client contracts, to avoiding business disputes and resolving them, the right guidance can significantly impact the way we operate and grow our businesses. To shed light on this, I'm in Avon, Ohio with Phil Truax, founder of Truax Law Group. Hi, Phil. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for joining us. Given your experience in the local business community, what are some emerging legal trends that local business owners should be aware of? I think there's probably a combination of things that are emerging and things that have just been around a long time that people often tend to gloss over. You mentioned contracts and customer contracts and vendor contracts. I think that there's still, even today, as, as simple as it can be to have an agreement, there's still a lot that gets lost in translation when people do work the old school way of shaking hands and having an understanding. It'd be great if we could do business that way and do business only that way, but the reality is having things in writing, having things clear are always important. And then, of course, there's certain industries that the Ohio law, for example, requires certain things be in contracts. Just in, in the home construction industry, for example, there are a number of things that have to be in, whether it's a home building contract or a remodeling contract. The law says things need to be in those contracts, and if they're not, then the contract's illegal, and then there's problems that are associated with that. Always making sure that things are clear in agreements. I'd also say that making sure that employee policies and employee handbooks are updated now that the world changed and then is slowly coming back to some type of a normalcy, but maybe it's a little bit of a different normalcy than it was in 2019. Obviously, that one of the big trends is working from home and making sure that different companies, private entities have some comfort level with work from home policies or letting people work from home. But it's just not as simple as saying, yeah, you can work from home two days a week, or you got to be in the office two days a week. There's got to be some type of an infrastructure that's set up, both from taking care of customer information, vendor information, company information, making sure that you're not putting that information at risk because you're working from home and that every business has the right systems that are set up. But then also how the business, how the company is treating their employees with regard to being able to work from home and their, that being consistent across the board, that everybody is able to work from home a certain number of times a week, that it's fair treatment across the board 
and what the expectations are that if people are working from home, what does that mean to each business? And unfortunately, there's no simple formula that it can apply to a, a private business of how we're going to handle the work from home process. People, I think generally speaking, most employees and most supervisors are have their head and their heart in the right place. But every now and again, you run into somebody who feels like they're not being treated fairly and you want to make sure that there's things that are in place document wise. And then, of course, just sitting and talking to people across a desk or across a table or sitting with your team and, hey, this is what we're going to do and here's how we're going to do it. Here's why we're going to do it. And here are the expectations. I think those are a couple of things that come to mind. I'm assuming that different positions in a company can have different rules for things like work from home. Sure. I think as long as that's communicated and here's what we're doing and Fred's going to work from home four days a week. And the reason why he's going to work home four days a week is because of his various job duties. But yeah, there, there can be different treatments so long as it's documented and explained to people of why that is the case. <laughs> Obviously, the more consistency that there can be across the board, the better, because the reality is that People don't necessarily think it's fair that the supervisor gets to work from home four days a week, but everybody else is allowed to work from home one to two days a week. It's always got to be very mindful of that and then having good interpersonal communication and relationship with your team so that they understand it and you talk to them about it. And then, then of course, it's being consistent then from that point on. I guess on that same line of questioning with the diverse businesses you've worked with, are there any universally applicable pieces of advice or strategies that you believe every business owner should know? I mentioned earlier, everybody having good agreements and then having good employment practices and HR policies and practices. I think that, interestingly enough, there's there are a number of businesses, not just in Lorain County, but especially when you're talking about small businesses who don't have their proper documents for the setup of the company. So whether it's corporate documents, an operating agreement, corporate bylaws, or whatever that might be, having those types of things set up are important for a variety of reasons. A bank is going to want a copy of the operating agreement or a copy of the company's bylaws. If you're going to get in certain types of insurance, or if you're in a business where bonds are required, a lot of times they would love to see things like buy-sell agreements that if there's multiple owners of a company, partners that are in a company, they want to know that there's a succession plan in place that if the president, CEO, and 51% owner were to pass away, what's the game plan? How's the company going to succeed and move forward after the majority owner, something happens to them? You want to make sure that there are these things in place from a risk management perspective. Because when you own a company and you don't have it set up properly, you don't have those documents set up properly, it could mean personal liability. Mm. Sometimes people think, oh, I have an LLC or I have a corporation set up for that and we're okay. That protects me. Yeah, theoretically it does. But the more of those boxes that you don't check that the law says you should have when you have a corporation... I've got an S-Corp set up for that. Yeah, you really need to have at least annual minutes that document what are what has the company done and what's been approved over the last year. You've mm -hmm. got to have the, the bylaws and you've got to have those documents in place. The less of those boxes checked, the, the more an aggressive person who wants to come after the company could try to make a claim for personal liability. But I'm actually talking about the practical aspects of 
if you're working with other vendors, if you're working with a bank, if you're working with your insurance company and bonding agencies and things like that, they a lot of times they need that stuff. They won't give you a loan. You can't apply for an SBA loan for some bank funding if you don't have some of those documents in place. A lease, for example. Mm -hmm. I'm we're using space that somebody owns, is that documented? Or maybe you've got a company that owns property that you as the business owner, I own the building. Who owns the building? Do you own the mm -hmm. building? Do you have an entity that owns the building? That would be smart to have another entity own the building. But then the business, does the business actually have a lease with the entity that owns the building? Mm -hmm. These are all things that we think about and we sit down and we talk through these issues with clients. But those are pretty fundamental issues that we want to make sure that you have, not just from a legal protection standpoint, but also from a practical perspective. So speaking of starting a business, what led you to found Truex Law Group? And uh, what are you proud of accomplishing since you started? One of the reasons why I did this is I wanted to build something. I've worked for a number of different law firms, some here in Lorain County and in Greater Cleveland, and some that have are headquartered elsewhere. And I've seen the business of law be managed several different ways. And, and that's a good thing because that's exposed me to a lot of different ways that I've seen people manage law firms and run law firms and market their practices and build their teams and manage their teams. And just like everybody else, things that are done in a great way. And then you see some things that you're like, yeah, I would probably do that differently if I made those decisions. And I've always liked the business of law. I've always, it's always, a lot of lawyers hate it. A lot of lawyers want nothing to do with managing the company. They just want to practice law and work with clients. And that's fine. I like to do both. And I just felt it was the right time for me to give this a shot. I luckily have a lot of what I'll call loyal clients, clients that have been around for a while and that I've worked with and have good relationships with. And once I knew that they were going to support the effort, you run some numbers and you say to yourself and your spouse, I think we can make this work. <laughs> and then we were off to the races. And then from there, I think that having also good relationships outside of client relationships with other people in the business community, other people that have clients that are in professional services like accountants and banking and financial advice and insurance and bonding worlds and people like that, that I think have been willing to support uh, the firm, support me, support our people. And then we've had some pretty steady growth with bringing on people to help our growing client base so I think I, I would say I'm most proud of being reminded that we've got some really good relationships with really good people. It's actually stoked some emotional responses when I've gotten gifts from people or I had somebody in the area create a, a Yeti mug with the, the Truex Law Group logo on it. Uh, Dennis DeLugas at Corrigan Krauss did that and it actually made me cry. I was like, oh my God, I had never expected that. And so to have that kind of community support, both with clients and other businesses in the community, that, that's been really gratifying. Great. Let me end with a personal question. Balancing work and personal life can be challenging. How do your passions like coaching and traveling help maintain that balance and perhaps even inform your professional approach? I appreciate that question. Yeah, it's become even more important now with running and managing the business and growing the business and being a practicing attorney and having other attorneys here in the office, it really begs for those things outside of the office. I can't sit still 
So being able to coach, whether it's football, softball, baseball, is not only it's a blast, it's a lot of fun. I love working with the kids, girls and boys. They're both, they bring a lot of joy and challenge in their own different ways, boys and girls, when you're coaching them as kids. And then, of course, as they grow, there's those challenges continue to evolve. But it's a lot of fun, and it allows me to be passionate about something else. Coaching requires you to treat every kid, every player differently. You treat them all like we're all on one team, but you have to find the strengths, weaknesses, communication preferences, uh, things they respond to better or worse than others. And you can't treat all these kids, these 12 kids on the football team, for example, the same way. Each of them respond differently and hear and observe differently. And that's no different from having an organization, having employees, or just working with people, clients and others is you can't talk to everybody the same. And you also have to check yourself on the way you're communicating, the, the, the concepts that you're trying to communicate to others. They're not going to hear the same thing that you're saying so sometimes you got to tweak that a little bit, and I'm by no means an expert at it, and probably never will be, but I do feel like coaching is a great way to have fun, but still keep those skills sharp and keep that awareness mm. sharp. And then traveling, of course, is a great way to just turn my brain off entirely. We're actually got a couple of good trips planned coming up. That's always good thing. have good things to look forward to. We try to keep that steady and, and do different things, fun things for either my wife and I or just ourselves, or when we're, we're having the kids and having them be able to appreciate different things. So yeah, coaching and traveling are two vital parts of, of my life and keeping myself sane. <laughs> Perfect. Phil, thank you so much for sharing your insights and expertise with us today. If anyone wants to learn more, please visit Truax Law Group website at truaxlawgroup.com or follow the link in the show notes. Thanks. Thanks, Ed. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the LorraineCounty.com Business Insights Podcast. We hope you found this conversation informative and that it provided some ideas that will help your business continue to grow. Please follow us on your favorite podcast platform to hear each episode where we shine a spotlight on local resources that will boost your business. And we want to hear from you. Email ed at LorraineCounty.com to share your feedback and topic ideas.